Welcome to the Marketplace Midland podcast, where we highlight a monthly speaker that shares helpful tools for all of us to integrate timeless biblical principles into our modern businesses. Good. Well, um, could you, you guys pray with me real quick? Father, um, may the words of my, uh, from my mouth and my heart be pleasing to you, and your, these be your words, and uh, may someone here be touched by these words. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, um, I don't really want to be here. That's all I can really tell you. Um, when Kyle called me back in May, uh, I was kind of like, uh, let me think about that. And so I really, I, I prayed on it for a couple days and, and realized that um, I needed to be available so I, I agreed to it, but I've, I've sat in this room and watched lots of guys. Some of you guys have done this. Uh, some of you guys are really close friends of mine that have done this. I've always been in awe of the people who speak up here, so I don't feel real worthy. Um, I will tell you, uh, there's a warning up front. I hope you guys all brought a pillow. This may get pretty boring here for just a few minutes, but uh, uh, I want to I uh, basically, I'm going to get my spectacles out here. It's part of the problem of being old. I have two visions. I can tell how many hairs you have on your head, and I can't read this right here in front of me, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm struggling a little bit with that. Um, anyway, uh, one of the things I will tell you also is that uh, from a confession standpoint, I am, uh, I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace. And uh, I have to get up every morning and, and talk about talk to the Lord about what I did the day before that I'm not real proud of. And I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but that's kind of where I'm at and have been most of my life. Um, it reminds me of a funny story, and, and I, this is, this is, I told a couple of guys in the office that are here, um, <clears throat> I don't need you to ask any questions about yesterday's asset meeting because it will start exposing some of my, uh, my weaknesses. And, and most of the guys who work with me will tell you I have a lot of them. Uh, one of the things they like to say around my office is that I will never be a public CEO um, for a variety of reasons. And uh, uh, first of which is I don't want to, and second of which, second of which a lot of times my behavior is a little bit, uh, uh, don't laugh, that's not funny. <laughs> Heard a funny story from my dad here recently that kind of, puts some of, some of who I am in perspective. A, little, a young boy figured out one day that his pastor needed a lawnmower. He didn't have a lawnmower. His lawn was getting a little scraggly. So he walked his lawnmower over to the pastor's house, and he, he let him have it. And, um, and he went away, and he came back the next day to pick up his lawnmower, and the lawn wasn't mowed. And the pastor was out front just sweating profusely, trying to pull on the cord of that lawnmower, and he just couldn't get it started, couldn't get it started. And the boy looked at him and said, oh, Preacher, I am so sorry. I forgot to tell you, the secret of this lawnmower is you have to curse at it to get it going. <laughs> and the preacher, preacher looked at him and said, well, son, I have long ago forgotten those words. And the boy just looked at him and said, preacher, you just keep pulling on that cord and you'll remember them. <laughs> the reason that's resonated with me is I'm telling you, there's something every day that is that cord in me and it pulls on me and it causes me to forget, you know, really what I am and who I am and, and what I wake up that day and try to be. Um, and and, and I, I, there's not much I can do about that, but I just keep trying. In the next few minutes, we're going to um, talk about 
a few themes. I'm going to kind of go through a little bit of my story. Then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some things that some people have asked me to talk about as far as, you know, building teams, uh, building business teams and things like that. So, um, but I want to talk about, you know, we're, you're going to hear in here that um, most of us, if you're like me, are pretty good about when things are going good. And for me, I figured out a little later in life that I wasn't quite as good when things were, uh, were not going so good. We're going to talk about being a grateful person. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about you know, the fact that God, God's steadfast. He doesn't leave us. We leave Him, but He stays right there, and He's, he's available for us. Um, and, and I think in many ways, He has continued to pursue me throughout my life. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Galatians uh, 5, Fruits of the Spirit. And you'll see how that kind of shapes some of my business philosophy and the way I've operated in the business world. A few minutes on my, my background. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I've never shared my testimony in public. So um, Andy's right. This is really uncomfortable for me. Um, I don't really like talking about myself that much, but I think it's important. I, th I feel like there's things that I've learned along the lines in the last, you know, 60 years that, you know, hopefully will help somebody here. Um, my dad was in the oil business. I grew up in the oil business. He was a drilling engineer, had great family, had great parents. Um, some things I took away from, from my parents, I was thinking about it as I was preparing this talk. Um, a few key things. One is hard work is expected. One thing my dad always taught me also is you are your own security. And that can be good and that can be bad. And you'll see how I, I, I relied on that so much that it got me in trouble at points. Being frugal, but being generous are the only way to really be. And uh, in my parents, the other thing I learned, which is really absolutely emulated the Lord, was that they always had my back. And uh, now sometimes my dad had my back a little bit more than I liked. <laughs> But that's kind of the way God is too, right? He sometimes has the discipline that we need. Uh, one piece of trivia, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I have actually been baptized three times. Can anybody beat that? <laughs> anybody here been baptized three times? Twice? Yeah, some of us twice, right? I'm not going to get into that too much, but as a baby... I, was, I grew up as a Methodist, and so I was baptized in sixth grade under confirmation class. And then several years ago, Kathy and I, she grew up in the Baptist church, I grew up in the Methodist church. We were Methodists for a long time as we raised our kids, and then several years ago we, uh, we moved over to Stonegate. And those dadgum Stonegaters, those Baptists, they think you've got to be dunked. <laughs> so I got dunked, and I'm, I'm so glad I did. It was, a cool, it was a cool experience. Patrick and Tyler, one of my sons, actually... Uh, actually uh, uh, baptized me. I might go for one more time, fourth time, <laughs> if I get to do it in the River Jordan. So you would think, growing up a good home, growing up in church, I'd be a really a model uh, Christian teenager, right? Not really. Um, most of you guys know me. I have a, uh, probably the reason I'll never be a public CEO and don't want to be is I have a tremendously wide uh, rebellious streak in me. 
Andrew can tell you that from all the years we worked together. And, uh, and I kind of have a real bad tendency to want to do what I want to do. And that, that, that was uh, pretty much where I was at through junior high and high school. Um, just, I really wasn't walking much with the Lord. I, I, was, I was a card-carrying member, and I had it up here, but I was, I was out there sowing some wild oats. And probably the best thing, the thing that saved me most was uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, just got my driver's license, had one of my first nights of freedoms. You guys remember that? Couldn't wait to get out there and see what I could get into. And went up to the Lee Youth Center, and uh, this cute little brunette, I told Bobby yesterday, I'm not going to talk about my family because I have a hard time with that. And, uh, but she flirted and she wiggled whatever she needed to wiggle and <laughs> it worked. And so she acted like she needed a ride home. So I gave her a ride home, my old pickup. And, and uh, I decided I was going to ask her out, but I was too scared. Anybody, uh, anybody remember the first time you asked a girl out? I was scared. So I had a buddy come over, like the real man that I was, and uh, he sat there with headphones on. I had some Red Baron headphones on. He sat there and listened on to, to records while I tried to make this phone call. And after about 30 minutes of me never getting all seven digits dialed, he finally put down the phone, dialed the phone for me, and handed it to me and said, Talk. And I did, and, and, and it rang, and it rang, and all of a sudden this voice came on the other end of the line and said, hello. <laughs> and um, so being the man that I was, guess what I did? I hung up. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't prepared for that. Eventually I asked her out. We went to a basketball game, and, and uh, um, lost my notes. Three years later, um, we went through one year of college, and we got married when we were 19, when I, we were 19 years old. Now that is a recommendation I would give to no one, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, somehow it worked out. It's been 40 plus years now um, that worked out, but uh, I needed to get her off the market because I was afraid somebody else would take her if I didn't do it. So. Um, it's, it's a sign, and I will tell you, it's going to telegraph a little bit. It's a sign of my impatience. I just needed to, uh, I didn't need to wait around on that until I got out of college. So um, over the next three years, we got our degrees, um, got out of college. Um, we had four sons uh, in the next uh, 12 years. And uh, I'm glad to say some of those guys are in the room today, which is kind of embarrassing for me. But I will say this, um, they're all out of college. They're all taxpaying citizens. None of them use my cell phone bill. One of them uses my Netflix account. <laughs> Still, I'm not saying who. In fact, his name on our Netflix account is Moocher T. <laughs> True story, right? Yeah, look, this is way off topic, but one day I was sitting there and I was, Kathy and I were going to queue up something on Netflix and it wouldn't work and it said too many users. And uh, I thought, 
well, heck, because we've, we've done this before. So I called up Tyler and I said, are you? He goes, oh, the boys are watching something, and Bonnie and I are watching something, and it wouldn't let the third account go in there. So anyway, I'm, I still haven't got him off that account. But um, now it's, it, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of our family. Those guys have done extremely well. Um, they're all going to do better than I ever did for, for a lot of reasons. But, uh, um, you know, it's funny. The only thing better than my four sons are my four daughter-in-laws. Uh, you know, as the kids were growing up, we would pray for our daughter-in-laws, future daughter-in-laws. And uh, God answers prayers. And I don't know how these girls would put up with those four boys, but they somehow um, did that. And these guys were able to capture four of the best girls in the world. Um, I was just telling uh, Kevin a while ago, uh, we didn't have grandkids for a long time. Now we have 10. And I know I'm not old enough for that, but that's kind of the way it worked. Um, after graduation, um, from a career standpoint, I, uh, I, was, I was blessed. I worked hard in college. I graduated near the top of my class in mechanical engineering. I had any job I wanted. Things were going great. And I uh, took a job with ARCO and uh, moved three times in about three years. I was moving up. I was getting promotions. I was I really, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, that's kind of a big deal. I was really, I was, I was, I was doing really well, you know, and, and uh, um, <clears throat> a lot of this was going to my head, and I've already told you my walk wasn't really close, and so, you know, the more success you have, a lot of times, Andy and I were talking about that just a minute ago, you know, the, I don't care how much, how, how strong your faith is, you tend to drift away at times, and sometimes success will do that to you, and I was having a lot of it. I was working with a group of guys that today, you know, are CEOs, COOs, board of directors of some of the biggest companies in the oil and gas industry, and, and just just kind of a who's who of those guys I work with. It was uh, it was a competitive environment, and I'm a competitive person, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and I didn't tell you back in high school, I played high school football, but I uh, I was, and I know it's kind of hard to believe with this physique. But I've never been a really gifted athlete, and uh, so I had to really work hard to get on the football field. Um, now, I, I don't tell my wife that because she actually doesn't believe that. She thinks. <laughs> it's pretty hard to fool somebody after 40 years, isn't it? But uh, that was kind of the same way as a competitive environment. But somewhere in the back of my mind, I was... Uh, you know, I was relying 100% on me for everything I'd done to that point. Um, you know, one of the questions I think at your table is, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much are you dependent on you and how much are you dependent on God? And uh, I can tell you, and I'm now getting into a period of time when I'm 25, 30 years old, I was pretty much 100% on me. I was, I was uh, you know, we were Sunday Christians, or I shouldn't say it about Kathy, I was a Sunday Christian. Uh, three hours on Sunday, and from Sunday at noon until the next Sunday at about nine o'clock, I was pretty much in the religion of me, and that's what I did. Um, and I'm not proud of that, but there wasn't anything to stop me. I was having all kinds of success. I mean, I'd had success in high school, college, got the girl I always wanted, great jobs, and I was pretty much doing it on my own and feeling pretty good about myself. But in the back of my mind, you know, how many of you guys, you got this outward you, and then you got this inward you, and this inward you is 
what? All your inadequacies. You know a lot more about you than most people, right? And they'll start talking to you. And then when things all of a sudden don't go quite right, and I was in my late 30s, things didn't, started not really going right. And uh, I had gone out on my own in business and, uh, several years before, and those businesses had flourished and done real well. And so I thought, man, this is just the next thing, right? And then all of a sudden things didn't go right, and things started slowing down. And, uh, you know, it was, it was not a really good time for me because at that point in time, you know, I had, at that time, I had three kids. Soon after, we had a fourth. And I I'm, I'm have a business of my own I'm trying to run, and it's not doing that great all of a sudden, the businesses I had. And uh, somewhere along in there, also, Kathy started having some health issues. And it just, it just got to be a, a, a period of time where all of a sudden I was feeling really vulnerable. And uh, it, I would say it even actually moved into desperation for a period. Um, I read something that Robert Frost wrote. I read, read this recently. Um, and Frost wrote, how many things have to happen to me before something occurs to me? And it had never really occurred to me that everything I'd been doing up to that time was just me. And, uh, and guys, it just really wasn't working. I, I kind of realize now that, um, you know, those storms were coming for a reason. God wasn't causing those storms, but he was allowing those storms because uh, he kind of needed, I'm one of these people, you kind of got to sit me down and get me by the throat and make me listen. And I think I was getting sat down and he was getting me by the throat. I didn't know it at the time. I was just blaming everybody for my problems except for me. Um, then something really happened um, that kind of set a new course for me, and that was one of my oldest and closest friends, uh, David Pitts, which a lot of you guys this room probably know David. Um, David invited me to go to a, on, a, on a weekend retreat called A Walk to Emmaus, and I know a lot of you guys have been involved in that, and a lot of you have been. And, uh, you know, I, man, I didn't want to go. I, I, I could work that weekend. I could play golf. I could spend time with my friends, with my family. I had a lot of things I wanted to do. But David had, was just adamant with me, and, uh, and he just pushed me in, to a point where I really kind of wanted to punch him in the face. But uh, I had seen a big change in David. He'd gone through some stuff in his life, and if you know his story, you know what I'm talking about. And I didn't know how he was handling all that. I mean, it was an incredible set of circumstances that nobody wants to go through. And he somehow came through that. And, and so I was just intrigued by what he had that maybe I didn't have. So I was prepared, I went to this weekend, and uh, it was a, a life-changing event for me. Um, the epiphany that I really came out of that weekend with was that, and I don't know if you guys know what, what a Walk to Emmaus weekend is about, and some of you guys may or may not know um, the story in the Bible about, about the two men walking on the road to Emmaus, and they had heard about Christ, they'd heard about the tomb being opened, but they didn't... They, they were looking for confirmation. They didn't really necessarily believe. And as you guys all know, Jesus appeared to them, spent several hours, had dinner with them, and their eyes were opened. And I won't tell you, I was walking on the road, or my eyes were necessarily open. There wasn't some magical experience. But I came to the realization that uh, I didn't really have to be the answer to everything. Um, and, and up until that point, I was really trying to be the answer for everything. Um, I wasn't going to be the guy that made my life happy. 
My wife wasn't going to be the person who made my wife. My kids weren't going to make my life happy. Money, finances, those weren't going to make my life happy. Um, but that but the Christ, that Jesus was really all I needed. That's what I got out of that weekend. And it changed the way I started doing my daily work. Um, I began doing a daily Bible study. I got involved in some Bible studies with some other guys. I started counseling with other guys. I, you know, I prayed, used to pray when I was, it was convenient, when I wanted something. And uh, it changed the way I, I thought about my prayer life. Um, talks in Scripture about having a continuous prayer life, continually praying. And I can tell you, I didn't necessarily do that. I don't do that today. Um, and, and a lot of these things, but, but, but I started praying. And I, and I will tell you guys, I'll tell you what I specifically prayed for because I have it written down. I prayed over my sons, how to raise them, for the wisdom. I prayed over their future spouses, talked about that. Prayed over my marriage. Um, my wife is a saint. And if you know me very well, you know she's a saint. And I really started focusing more on her instead of on me and what she needed out of that relationship. And I began to pray specifically about my work and my finances. And I asked God if it was His will, new opportunities come my way. Um, and I also prayed from a family standpoint that our family be a blessing. And that we become a blessing for others. And I believe that God has been so good in that area. Um, hey, be a great story if everything just changed immediately and was great, right? Doesn't really happen that way, does it? What happened was nothing. Health didn't get better. Finances just didn't ab become abundant. Nothing happened. But somehow, for me, there was just a peace. It was going to be all right. So just go back to work, slowly but surely, in all these different fronts we were having issues with, they got a little bit better. Nothing. No, no earth-shattering event. Um, that's just not the way God works. At least for me, that's just not the way He worked. But I, I really got to a point where I just... Through that period of time, I started uh, hanging quite a bit more on some scripture. And my favorite scripture through that entire period of time was Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and will find rest in, for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guys, I took a lot of comfort for that. You know what? One of my best friends, a guy named Bill Holmes, you guys all know Bill pretty well. He gave me a plaque one year for Christmas, still sits on my desk, and it, it just says, I got this, Jesus. And, it, and it, it just it was a simple little message, but it was Matthew eleven twenty eight, and and I and I, I still I, I read that every morning on my desk. Um, you know what? He had it. Didn't really matter. The rest of the stuff would all fix itself, and I wouldn't. I, I just don't remember being that. Uh, stressed about things in life at that point in time. I tell you, the greatest thing that came out of all that, though, um, all those trials and things like that, and a lot of people had a lot worse trials than I have, 
is I really got a good um, uh, a, a good dose of humility. And uh, up to that point in time, I'd pretty much been abiding in me and not in God. And I, I got I got humbled. And through that period of time, and and it just changed the way I thought about how I interacted with people and everything. Um, one of the other scriptures that really helped me, um, as I was, you know, my businesses actually got a little bit better, um, and then they wouldn't, then they get better, and Kathy's health got a little bit better, and then it wouldn't, and it got a little better, and and uh, the kids just kept getting older, and so we we're staring college in the face pretty soon, and. A lot of stuff was happening, but I, I, I love it. And this is a scripture you guys all know is Isaiah 40, 31. It just talks about waiting upon the Lord, and you'll gather strength and by, by just waiting. And now, that doesn't mean just sitting on your rear and doing nothing, right? Um, if you read that literally, maybe that's what you could take out of it. Um, but God has a really hard time driving a parked car. It's just kind of difficult for him to steer that. And um, I was telling Tyler the other day, I heard an ancient Chinese proverb one time. I don't know, maybe I made it up, but um, <laughs> kind of points to this scripture to me as uh, man who stand on side of mountain waiting for roast duck to fly in mouth have a long wait. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay, I didn't make that up, but that's okay. It kind of makes a point that, you know what, I, I, uh, I, I needed to abide in Him and just walk along with Him, but I needed to stay in motion and keep looking for what I needed to be doing in my walk and, 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 uh, and for my family. Um, and then in 2006, I got a, a saw a friend at church. He uh, asked me what I'd been doing. I told him, um, I'd been kind of fighting off some offers to go work in the oil and gas business again. I'd kind of gotten away from that. I was buying minerals. I was doing a lot of other things and it wasn't really in operations anymore. And uh, he asked me if I would uh, think about coming to work with him. And long story real short, I'll make this real short. That little company, uh, there was an accountant, a landman, him, and, uh, and the owner that we had in the company. And uh, that little company, Reliance Energy, uh, these guys had just taken about 50,000 acres in, in the North Midland Basin. Now, this is before the Wolfberry was much of anything. This is probably when Tim was buying acres and, and getting, getting a lot. Of, he, he, he got a little ahead of everybody else, but I would, if I told you what we paid for that acreage, it's ridiculously cheap. Um, but I will tell you this, guys. I, I, all of a sudden, through my wife's encouragement, I humbled myself and said, you know what, I'm going to go do this. I'm not gonna, I don't have to be the guy that calls all the shots. I don't have to be the guy that, that is in charge. I'm going to just go do this. And I, they needed my talents, and I needed them at a, at a time, and you know, had no idea about these guys. But I started working, and um, basically we needed new ideas. The ideas, the reason they took this acreage was didn't work out, quite frankly. And so we needed new ideas. We needed money. We didn't have any money. Um, had acreage, but no money. And we needed a team of people to help us build a business, and we didn't have that. And we didn't have anything really to offer people. Um, but you know what? God had a bigger plan. And another idea came along. We didn't have any technical help. 
but pe- God just put people, and I could tell you story after story after story of people that just came and helped us out of the goodness of their heart, helped me personally, and said, why don't you try this idea? This is working 40 miles away, or this over here. And you know what? Um, they were right. And we took that counsel, and uh, I, I don't know how this happened, but we were able to somehow um, build a business that, you know, God put the people in place. Did I lose a page? Not in. Okay, we're going to start all over. <laughs> anyway, long story real short, I, I wish I could tell you all the stories of when we needed something, the person showed up. And whether that was an employee or a consultant or, 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 or a financial partner or, or what, I mean, it just happened over and over and over over 10 years. In 10 years, we built, we drilled over 400 Wolfberry wells. We were some of the first guys to ever take the Wolfberry as deep as we did all the way down into Pennsylvania and Strong. Um, we, we, we did some things that in that part of the world had not really been done before. Um, we drilled multiple horizontal wolf, wolf camp and sprayberry wells. Uh, along the way, we built a couple of midstream businesses because we couldn't get anybody to take our oil or gas out of there. Um, and I'm not saying we did this. When I say we, I mean God and us. Because I didn't know anything about the midstream business. Andy will tell you, Andy came in and ran our midstream business in, in Coronado and, and uh, uh, have you ever done something and actually been successful at it, but you don't want to ever do that again? <laughs> Running a gas processing business, I don't want to ever do that again. That's a hard business. But um, over the last two or three years, we've been blessed to monetize all those businesses. And, uh, you know, we created over 100 jobs um, for people. And almost all those people really were, were richly blessed, way beyond what they thought they would. Um, when we when we started that out, you know, I'm convinced that that was God's plan. I mean, He had been working not in those ten years, but for me, for for years and years and years before that, um, He never left me. He just kept pursuing me, and finally got a hold of my neck and choked me down to where I would listen. Um, now I'm not going to tell you. Um, you know, I guess the point is, it's not. Um, we didn't have success because we started relying on God. I think because we started relying on God, it changed our attitude. We started trusting the Lord and in, in, in what, what I was doing anyway. And it created in me a spirit and an attitude that enabled us to do some things. And then we were open to what He, what he would steer us to. And uh, I can't tell you the number of people I brought into council that 10 years before I wouldn't have and thought about. Um, anyway, we sold those businesses. We've started a new company. Some of my, my, my partners are here at Admiral, and uh, we're rebuilding a new company. The whole point of that company was, you know, we'd been blessed, but it was time to give back and start a business that the younger guys could, could really build and, and build back up also. And, and that's what we're working towards today. I was, like I told you, I was asked several years ago or several months ago to talk about, you know, what, what, what do you do to build the teams of people or, or build people? And I, I, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's obviously, and now I will also say this, and I should have said this up front, I, uh, I hadn't really had an original thought in 60 years, and uh, I, I thought I'd invented chocolate milk when I was a kid, but I found out later that I really hadn't. So uh, you're not going to hear anything earth-shattering, but this is, this is the way I think. But I will say, before I tell you this is the way 
we, we work with our people. Um, when I say any of these things, you don't just think about in your business, if you're in a leadership position, how you build your business. This is how you build your family. This is how you build your relationship with your friends. This is how you build a network of people around you that will trust you and, and honor you and you honor them. But it all comes for me from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruits of the Spirit. And we all probably have read what those, what are those fruits? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And out of those things, uh, if you truly have the fruits of the Spirit, a lot of these things just come naturally. You don't have to think about them. You don't have to study them. Um, but here's the core tenets of what, the way we, uh, way we do business, and I'm finishing up now. Um, be grateful. Be grateful to those people around you. I got guys around me today and have for the last 13, 14 years. They got talents I don't have. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for their honesty. First guy you got to be honest with is yourself. Where are you weak? Where are you strong? Surround yourself with other people that are. But be honest with those people around you. Integrity, kind of the same thing, but integrity to me is, is not just being honest, but it's kind of doing some hard things at times when, you know, when you operate and you lead. You know, I have, I have a saying, say what you'll do and then do what you say. And, and that is incredibly important to me. Transparency, don't spend, just be yourself. I try to be as transparent with the people on our team as I can. Sometimes you can't necessarily tell everybody everything. Um, and sometimes I tell them a little too much. I know there's people in this room who will tell you I'm a little bit quirky. Uh, so at times I get a little too transparent. And uh, that, that, that didn't necessarily be a good thing. Treat people right. Treat them like Jesus would treat them. Be an encourager. Try to find somebody this afternoon, every one of you guys, go find somebody doing something right and just tell them. How many times do we see people doing what they're supposed to be doing and then we just walk by because that's what they're supposed to be doing? Find people doing something right and encourage them. Humility. But be confident in who you are. You're a child of God, so be confident in that. But honestly, guys, I'm no better than anybody else. I, uh, I learned a phrase a long time ago, it's nice to be important, but it's much more important to be nice. And that comes to me, that comes out of humility and, and, and out of a spirit of love. Um, one the, I already said this, but one of the biggest things I learned in, the, in my walk in the last 20 years is I am just not that big a deal. Remember, I thought I was a big deal. I am really not a very big deal. My wife, several years ago, gave me a birthday card um, and it had a picture of a pickle on the front of it, and you open it up and it says, you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> and I loved it. I mean, I kept it on my desk forever, and, uh, and somebody gave me a plaque that's on my desk today. It says, you're, you're a big deal. And, uh, but that's really true. I am just a big pickle. That's all I really am. And uh, trust. Here's, here's a big one, guys. When it comes to trust, there's a different take on trust. Put people around you that, you, that, that, that trust you enough and you trust enough where when you're off base, they're going to sit down and tell you. Because then the next thing in my list here is when you're wrong, say you're wrong. But you got to have people around you sometimes that will just tell you when you're wrong. 
And, and a lot of people don't lead like that. I, I, I've learned that I'm probably wrong a lot more than I'm right. And I learned a long time ago that if you're a real man, you just say when you're wrong and you apologize. Probably some of the most powerful words in the human language are I'm sorry. Be patient. Now, this is where probably somebody's going to stand up and say, really, are you really that patient? The, the guys that know me pretty well, no, I'm not. This is one I struggle with every day. Control your temper. No, I don't control that very well either at times. Um, you know what? Don't micromanage. Empower people. This is all about loving people. Um, there's several others here. I want to finish by just saying, you know what? The, one of the most important things, I think, is joy. And have fun. I kind of, I kind of vowed after after I'd had some experiences that I don't care how much money I make or don't make, I'm gonna try to have fun at everything I do. And some days that gets pretty hard because we're in a tough business, right? We're in a really hard business. Uh, it's a grind. Trav and I were talking a while ago. It's a real grind right now. Uh, if you're if you're uh, in the oil and gas upstream business, it's a real grind and it's tough. And no, I'm not trying to get a discount on my chemicals, but that would be nice. <laughs> but you know what? It's, uh, it's a choice to have fun. It's a choice to have joy with those people around you. Let me finish with a prayer and pray over us real quick. And then I don't know if we're going to go to questions or we're going to go to questions at tables or whatever. But Bow your head, please. God, thank you for your patience with us. You never forsake me through my rebellious times, and you won't forsake any of us. You never leave us. You are steadfast, and thank you so much for that. You never stop loving us, no matter where we are. No matter how much we're trying to depend on ourselves, you're just there for us. God, we're grateful for the storms and the tough times, because I know that you bring us back to you with that. Thanks for your gift of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. God, thank you for the blessing of each other and all those people around us. It reminds me every day that every face that I see reflects you back to us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Marketplace Midland podcast. 